0: Senator Gore. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman.
1: Excuse me. Are you going to tell me you're a big fan of my music as well?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a fan of I'm your sorry, music. Mr. I, uh, I'm I'm aware that uh, Frank Zappa and John Denver uh, cover quite a spectrum, and I do uh, enjoy them both. I am, am not, however, a fan of Twisted Sister, and uh, I okay. will readily uh, say that. Mr. Snyder, uh, what is the name of your fan club?
1: The fan club is called the SMF Friends of Twisted Sister.
0: And uh, what does SMF uh, stand for when it's uh, spelled out?
1: It stands for the Sick Motherfucking Friends of Twisted Sister. Is this uh, also a Christian group? Uh, I don't believe that profanity has anything to do with Christianity. Thank you.
2: And welcome to episode 54 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R A N D U M B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about heavy metal. I had an alternative title, but that would give away a lot of surprises. So we'll let you know what that title was as we get a little bit further into the show. But we're going to be talking about heavy metal music. What parents thought was dangerous in the 80s. We're going to talk a little bit about other media as well, including the new Joker movie, a little bit, and how it's all tied together, and how marketing comes into effect that evil, evil marketing, the way people get into your mind and try to sell you a product, make you believe it's something you want when it probably is bad for you. And there's a whole long list of those types of products as well, but let me just start out by mentioning. Something quickly that has nothing to do with today's show. And that is President Donald Trump's daughter, Ivanka, posted a photograph of her with her husband and her young son, who was dressed up in a stormtrooper outfit. If you're living under a rock and you don't know anything about Star Wars, a stormtrooper comes from the Star Wars franchise. And the line that she posted with this photograph was The force is strong in my family. That got a response. From Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, with the comment, You misspelled fraud. So, yeah, instead of the force is strong, the fraud is strong. And his hashtag was, Go force yourself. I mean, way to go, Mark Hamill, you big fucking douchebag. Disney must be so proud. I mean, they've already ruined the Star Wars franchise, but this is where. We're going down the wrong path yet again when you have actors, actresses just going after their fans. This is what is great for the industry. And they wonder why sales are down. They wonder why less people are going to movies. They wonder why less people are going to football games, baseball games. We're tired of the assholes who participate in these things, and we're tired of giving them our money. So Mark Hamill, I mean, what the hell are you thinking? attacking a young child i don't get it we'll never get it and at least he did take some heat on the social medias where this was posted because you know attacking a kid that's always what you want to do i mean unless you're using them to push your agenda but (laughs) more on that later i mean we all know greta and we're going to be talking a little bit about greta today because she falls into this topic believe it or not but this hit my radar from just seeing a random story, which I don't even put a whole lot of faith into because once you get the details, there's not a lot of meat on the bone here. But the article was talking about well, whatever happened to those 80s kids, the heavy metal kids, the ones we were so worried about back in the 80s. I mean, you remember, music was the enemy of all that was good. Al Gore's wife, Tipper, I mean, she had a whole group around trying to get music censored in one way or another to put stickers on those albums. I mean, today they still exist. I mean, okay, you don't really go out and buy albums anymore. So Tipper kind of got screwed, I guess, because I don't know if this all even exists on a lot of these streaming services or whatnot. I don't pay for any of those. So maybe you can tell me, reach out to me, random thoughts, podcast, R A N D U M B thoughts, podcast at gmail.com. When you go onto these services like Pandora, spotify do you have to check hey i want those that have the parental sticker on them that's okay are we still censoring music in that way i don't know i don't take part in that streaming stuff so i don't know but back in the 80s music was a really scary thing for a lot of parents allegedly and heavy metal was at the forefront of the lyrics which were deemed bad for kids In a new study by psychology researchers at Humboldt State, Ohio State, UC Riverside, and UT Austin, they examined 1980s heavy metal groupies, musicians, and fans now at middle age. Well, I mean, musicians were probably middle age when this was going on in the 80s. Fans, okay, groupies, okay, I guess that kind of falls in, but as all things, as my buddy Sir Bemrose likes to talk about incessantly when it comes down to things like polls, that you can't really believe them because the scope's not enough. And then you have to look at who they're actually talking to, how many people are involved, as opposed to what the actual group size is, trying to get an accurate sampling and all that. So I was a little disappointed that this study, I mean, again, Humboldt State, Ohio State, UC Riverside, UT Austin, that's a lot of people doing a study. They only looked at 377 participants in total, but what they found was, although metal enthusiasts certainly lived riskier lives as kids, they were nonetheless significantly happier in their youth and better adjusted currently than either middle-aged or current college-aged youth comparison groups, which I find (laughs) to be absolutely funny. I find it to be humorous. I find that to be about what I would have expected because I didn't really think the heavy metal kids were all that different than the rock and roll kids. I didn't really believe that the doom and gloom that was thrust upon that culture at the time was worthy of what was going on there. The interesting thing is this conclusion that the researchers came up with was well one possible conclusion was that quote participation in fringe style cultures may enhance identity development in troubled youth huh so you know going against the grain is actually a good thing having your own brain having your own ideas not falling in with the crowd Not doing what you were told, like good little sheeple. Interesting, huh? Being an individual is a good thing. Having individual thought, a good thing. Not liking the same damn thing that everybody else does is actually a good thing. Those dangerous heavy metal lyrics that Tipper Gore was so damn worried about. They didn't make kids into damaged goods. They actually helped them grow up to be functioning members of society. But what I find interesting is that we look at the heavy metal of the time, and I don't really think it's changed all that much. But when you look at heavy metal from Wikipedia, this is back in 1989, two metal scholars wrote that heavy metal lyrics concentrate, quote, on dark and depressing subject matter to an extent hitherto unprecedented in any form of popular music. Jeffrey Arnett, one of these scholars, stated that metal songs are, quote, Overwhelmingly dominated by ugly and unhappy themes, which express no hope for the future. <laughs> Sounds familiar again, doesn't it? Dina Weinstein, one of the other scholars, proposed one way to analyze metal song themes is to loosely group them into two categories. One of them, which celebrates sex, drugs, and rock and roll, partying, having the time of your life. And the other one would be. The chaotic themes which involve dark subjects such as hell, injustice, mayhem, carnage, and death. Again, this is reminding me of something now. If I could just put my finger on what it's reminding me of, it'll come to me, don't worry. Things were so bad back in the 80s that then-Senator Al Gore's wife, Tipper, formed something called the PMRC because, you know, parents actually knowing what their children were listening to just couldn't be done the parents music resource center they petitioned congress to regulate the music industry over what they said were objectionable lyrics particularly those in heavy metal songs they brought in a professor i mean w- really who could you call on when you want to know a lot about heavy metal is you call in a professor joe stussy and he alleged that heavy metal songs focus on violence Substance Abuse, Perversion, s and and Satanism. A variety of artists were called in front of Congress to answer questions. One of those was Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister. We played a little clip at the beginning of the show. That was him and Al Gore having a little back and forth. And one of the most interesting things in this conversation, in this testimony, and I recommend everybody go check out the video of Dee Snyder at this congressional hearing along with Frank Zappa and the others that sat down and made their case. But the most interesting thing to me, again, we're making a very strong connection here with what's going on in today's world is that the question became of how can we protect the children? This is all for the children. How do we make sure that our children don't get access to this dangerous music? that is talking about doom and gloom. No hope for the future. again, this sounds like something from today. I'm going to get it. Don't worry. I'm going to get it. I think my favorite part of the testimony from Twisted Sisters D. Snyder is when he takes then-Senator Al Gore to task about what's going on in the music industry and what it means to have parents that can actually pay attention to what their children are doing and putting the brunt of the work onto the parents to raise their children instead of Al Gore and the government. What did you think Al Gore would have to say about that? Well, you don't have to wonder. Let me play it for you right here.
0: So so uh, the choice the parent has, then, is to uh, sit down and listen to every song on the album, right?
1: Or read the lyrics if they're on the record. On what, if they're
0: not on the, uh, I mean, I think there's pretty general agreement that if uh, the lyrics are printed, that's one possible solution for this. Let's suppose the lyrics aren't uh, printed. Then what choice does a parent have, to sit down and listen to every song on the album? Well, if they're really
1: concerned about it, I think that they have to. Do you think that's uh, reasonable to uh, expect parents to do that? Being a parent isn't a reasonable thing. It's a very hard thing. I'm a parent and I know. Okay, I'm a new parent. I only have one child maybe, but I'm learning that there's a lot to being a parent that you didn't expect. It's not just, oh, isn't baby cute. There's a lot of labor and a lot of time and a lot yeah. of effort that goes into it. It's not totally pleasurable.
0: Yeah, and you'll find when they get uh, a little bit older that when they're exposed to the kinds of themes that we uh, were presented with uh, earlier, that uh, if, if you love your child, you're going to be concerned about that and if you want to protect that child from unnecessary exposure to inappropriate material you sometimes need a little help the kind of guidance that is presented to, in the movie industry and it is totally unreasonable in my view to expect parents to come and sit down and listen to every single song in in the, the albums that their children buy in order to fulfill their responsibilities as parents
2: Interesting, isn't it, that Al Gore was so worried back in the mid-80s about heavy metal due to those themes that he mentioned there. Those themes of heavy metal music. I mean, you remember what the themes of heavy metal music are. Doom and gloom and no hope for the future, the world's ending, man. Wait, now I know where I've heard all this before. (laughs) Climate change, global warming, Al Gore's pet project wow that's a little weird isn't it of course that's what i told you at the beginning of the show i had an alternate title for this show but it would have kind of led with the big joke up front but i was thinking of calling the episode where al gore learned marketing and i think he learned marketing from heavy metal music he went from this is dangerous this is horrible we can't have our kids growing up with these kinds of ideas we can't have our kids growing up with music that's saying. There's no hope for the future, that everything's depressing, that there's violence and hatred everywhere. No! (laughs) Now we can just have global warming and we can all pray to the altar of climate change and we can have children instead of trying to keep this message away from our children. We can pimp our children out like poor little Greta Thunberg and put her out in front of the world. To spew bullshit that just simply is not true. Child abuse now, Al Gore likes it. Back then, he thought heavy metal was bad because of those themes. But now those are the same exact themes being used. And instead of keeping our children safe from such things, we now want them to go out and march. We now want to hit them with this nonstop. And you wonder why kids are depressed now, Al, because you're a fucking idiot who is using children for a one world order game. It's funny how quick things change, isn't it? Because now heavy metal, I mean, that's just being embraced by people like Al Gore. And you would think that the Greta thing, Greta Thunberg, that it wouldn't really be have anything to do with heavy metal, but you would be wrong because a... Thrash band, well, an Indonesian thrash band, Suaka, S-U-A-K-A, based in New York City, took Greta's words and turned it into a Swedish death metal song. So I think that's absolutely fantastic. The guy that put this together, his name is John Mullisk, M O L L U S K. He has a YouTube channel. It says all music written and performed by him, inspired by all lyrics by Greta Turnberg. And if you like the music check out again his NYC based Indonesian thrash band Suwaka, Suaka, S U A K A. We're giving them props cuz I want to play the song for you and I don't want to be deplatformed or anything. But I think really this is interesting when you hear Greta in Greta's words in a heavy metal song. You know, heavy metal bad.
3: Um. My message is that we'll be watching you. This is all wrong. I should be up here. I should be back to school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you're welcome to young people for hope. How dare you! of stone in my dreams, my childhood with your empty words, and yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering, people are dying, entire ecosystems are collapsing, you're the beginning of a mass extinction, you know is your money, the fairytales of eternal economics.
2: I don't know about you kids, but I think that is one snappy little ditty from Greta Thunberg and John Mullusk But again, heavy metal, the lyrics were always looked at by Al Gore and his wife as being bad. You go and you watch the testimony in front of Congress, and it's usually Al that's bringing down the hammer. Unless he was talking to Frank Zappa, who he liked. It's funny because he liked Frank Zappa, but was really kind of bashing Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister. And if you look at the lyrics from both bands, Uh, zappas were a little bit more r-rated than twisted sister ever was twisted sister song we're not gonna take it was on a list that this group put out that was called the filthy 15 because of the violent lyrics of yeah we're not gonna take it we're not gonna take it we're not gonna take it anymore i don't know that kind of sounds like a climate change rally now but You can make your own decisions on there but this was so taken seriously back in the 80s if you didn't live through it you might find this to be just somewhat amusing and sad all at the same time but back in 1986 Ozzy Osbourne was sued because of the lyrics to his song suicide solution uh, caused people to commit suicide allegedly 1990 Judas Priest same kind of a thing was sued in an American court by parents of two young men who had shot themselves 5 years earlier than that allegedly after hearing the subliminal statement do it in a Judas Priest song the cases were ultimately dismissed cuz you know the first amendment they still believed in that back then and i hope we still do now but that is a question that we're kind of struggling with in this society as we see it right now cuz being a climate change denier man you should put these people in cages reeducate them they're saying Horrible things, We can't believe it, it's funny. That now, heavy metal lyrics, those are cool. But if you dare question the climate science, well, now you're the one that should be put into a cage. Now you're the one that should be silenced. Whatever happened to again, those guys, the heavy metal kids in the '80s. They're doing well because they were part of a group that thought for themselves. "No more. You cannot think for yourself. Al Gore and Tipper Gore they would not want you thinking for yourself. No, because that would blow El's Big climate change line of bunk okay well let's call it bullshit this is the random thoughts podcast we don't need to censor at least not yet tipper gore let me just read you a couple of quotes from her back in the day when the mid-80s when all this was going on with the parents music resource center and the filthy 15 and all of this horrible stuff we'll, we'll read to you the list of the artists who made the filthy 15 in a moment but tipper gore talking about the evils of music said It's the youth market they're going after. We're talking about the impact on young children and preteens. Huh. You mean like exactly what you assholes are doing with all the climate stuff right now. So why was it bad to fill children's heads with music, which was totally made up, which nobody believed in? Nobody was being told this was actually the truth. This was a form of entertainment that was so dangerous To spread the lyrics of doom, gloom, no hope for the future, things are really bad. Entertainment couldn't do that, but now it's okay to lie to your kids and tell them the planet's gonna end. Yeah, that seems like a really good way to go. Mrs. Gore said videos by heavy metal rock groups such as Motley Crue and Twisted Sister frequently featured what she called, quote, Exceptional savagery with special effects that leave nothing to the imagination. The PMRC even had a symposium in Washington D.C. in which they carted out Surgeon General Dr. C. Everett Koop and other health officials who warned that explicit sexual and violent imagery in music videos exerts a dangerous influence on children and adolescents and could lead to suicide, Satanism and drug and alcohol abuse so again i will ask you what the difference is between music videos which people understand are entertainment which are not there to be taken seriously and seeing this stuff on the nightly news and on things like cnn and msnbc 24 7 you wonder why suicides are up i don't know if satanism's up drug and alcohol abuse but they knew this kind of Stuff going into kids' minds was bad, and now they're using it. Al Gore, how do you sleep at night? Tipper Gore, how do you sleep at night? I mean, besides in the fact in your big mansion where you run the air conditioning 24-7 and jetting around on your private jets, because you believe in climate change so much that you should have a few mansions and a few private jets, and not to bring yourself down to the level of us plebeians who are supposed to do all the hard work, the government tells us, Oh, in the summer, turn your air conditioning to 78 degrees when you sleep. Fuck you. And I hear you out there. I know somebody's saying right now, well, you know what? This music stuff's not even on the radar anymore. Nobody's saying this about music. Nobody's out there beating the drum that lyrics to heavy metal music are bad anymore. But the same kind of a concept still exists when it comes to things like movies, which is another just part of entertainment. The new Joker movie with joaquin phoenix is being trashed being called dangerous promoting violence it's heavy metal all over again the director of the movie todd phillips said i really think there have been a lot of think pieces written by people who proudly state they haven't even seen the movie and they don't intend to i would argue that you might want to watch the movie you might want to watch it with an open mind He says, the movie makes statements about a lack of love, childhood trauma, lack of compassion in the world. I think people can handle that message. He expressed criticism of those making judgments on behalf of others. All this is from an IGN article, by the way. He said, it's so, to me, bizarre when people say, oh, well, I can handle it, but imagine if you can't. It's making judgments for other people, and I don't even want to bring up the movies in the past that they've said this about because it's shocking and embarrassing when you go, oh my god, do the right thing. They said that about that movie too. But this is exactly the road to hell that we're on. Oh, well, I can handle it, but you know, think of the people that can't. Think of the children. It's not going to trigger me to go on a shooting spree, but... If we can save just one life by shutting down all entertainment in all art forms that dare to show something that makes somebody uncomfortable. Art is supposed to make you uncomfortable. It's supposed to make you think it is supposed to have an emotional reaction. And if we get to the point to where any art that evokes an emotional reaction has to be shut down, well then all art has to be shut down. Phillips said something which I thought was absolutely right on the mark. He said, to me, art can be complicated, and oftentimes art is meant to be complicated. If you want uncomplicated art, you might want to take up calligraphy, but filmmaking will always be a complicated art, and he's right. It should be. The world benefits from art that takes a look at different types of personalities, different types of people, different types of situations. If everything was exactly in your favorite television show, what you did during your day, it really wouldn't be entertaining at all. And people seem to be missing that fact with comedy and with a lot of other things that often pushing things to the extreme is a way to tell a larger story. To get a larger point across through the exaggeration of something. Comedy, for one, is only funny if there's a little bit of truth to something. It's usually a little bit of that truth that makes us uncomfortable, which is why we find it funny, which is why we laugh. Joaquin Phoenix had a very similar perspective as the director of the Joker, which I guess would make sense. He says, well, I think that for most of us, you're able to tell the difference between right and wrong. And those that aren't are capable of interpreting anything in the way that they may want to. People misinterpret lyrics from songs. Hey, wait, we were just talking about that. They misinterpret passages from books. So I don't think it's the responsibility of the filmmaker to teach the audience morality or the difference between right and wrong. I mean, to me, I think that that is obvious. Kudos, Joaquin Phoenix. You're absolutely right. It should be obvious, but this is the new world order. This is the government must tell you what is good for you. This is Orwellian 1984. You can't think in a way that's different than everybody else or you will be shamed. You will be shadow banned. How dare you not go along with the crowd? How dare you make a movie about a complicated character who just may happen to be filled with a violent tendency or two. You can't call that entertainment anymore. That's horrible. What if one person sees the Joker and goes out and kills somebody? Phoenix expanded on that exact idea about what if you fuel somebody to the act of violence? And he said, quote, I think that if you have somebody that has that level of emotional disturbance, they can find fuel anywhere. I just don't think that you can function that way. The truth is, you don't know what is going to be the fuel for somebody. It might be, very well, your question. It might be this moment, right? But you can function in life saying, well, I can't ask that question for the small chance that somebody might be affected by it. I wouldn't ask you to do that. But that is exactly what is being asked of so many people today under the guise of bullying, of being a climate change denier, of being a racist. You can't say the wrong words. You don't know what's going to set somebody off. That is the absolute truth. Maybe Helter Skelter by the Beatles is going to set somebody off on a killing rampage. But hey, you know what? So might Kumbaya. So might any song written by anybody, performed by any artist, or any movie, any book, anything at all can be a trigger. And there's no rhyme or reason to it trying to sanitize the world is not going to make a better world and he is absolutely right i want the writers i want the creators i want people that are making art of all sorts to push all of the buttons i want them to evoke all of the emotional responses that is part of the human condition it is a good thing You don't know what's going to trigger somebody, and when you start going down that slippery slope to hell of, well, we can't make movies about these dangerous topics, or we can't say these dangerous words, we can't have this dangerous opinion, where does it stop? Nowhere good would be the spoilers of this situation. Nowhere good. It'll wind up with all of us in cages after a bunch of lobotomies not able to think for ourselves anymore. Enjoy the little freedoms that you still have left and stand up for the fact that you can still have your own opinion. I mean, yeah, you're going to get deplatformed on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but fuck them. Don't let them change the way you think. If you know you're right, stand up and be counted. Stand up and not be one of the sheeple. Make your voice heard. In a nonviolent way. Let me just say, because again, people be like, well, oh, it sounded like he was calling for violent revolution. And no, when the time comes for that, we'll let you know. But I told you we'd let you know what was on the PMRC's Filthy 15, because they're probably the list you're going to want to go and listen to right now, because that's some good stuff on here. The dangerous artists that just had to be blocked, banned, kept from polite society include artists such as. Prince for Darling Nikki, Sheena Easton for Sugar Walls, Madonna for Dress You Up, Def Leppard for High and Dry, oh yeah, Cindy Lauper for She Bop, because that was about sex and masturbation, they say. The other artists on here, let's see, Vanity, Motley Crue, ACDC, Twisted Sister, Wasp, Merciful Fate, Black Sabbath, The Mary Jane Girls, and Venom. So you want to go look those artists up, just see how bad they were. See what had Al Gore's panties in a tizzy back in 1985 when he was worried. I'm sorry, Al. I would rather have the Prince song Darling Nikki playing 24-7 than to have to hear any more of your garbage when it comes to the global warming. And it's funny because that's how this whole PMRC, Parents Music Resource Center, this is how this came to be. Because Susan Baker, cohort to Al Gore's wife, Tipper, heard their then 11-year-old daughter, Karina, playing the song Darling Nikki by Prince. And I would just have to question, back then, no internet existed. Remember that, folks. No internet existed at the time. So if your 11-year-old daughter had a copy of Darling Nikki by Prince, it was purchased. Because I don't think that was even played on the radio because it was dangerous. And It's a little risqué. I played it on the No Agenda stream before one of the No Agenda shows because we do these kind of things because we appreciate freedom of speech and we appreciate the artists on both sides of all issues. It's the only way you learn if you kind of look at both sides of everything. But an 11-year-old back in the mid-80s having a copy of a Prince tape, either a friend gave it to them, they stole it, or it was purchased, and most likely the parents bought the album or bought the cassette for the kid not knowing what was on it. And that's what I love the most about both Frank Zappa and Dee Snyder talking to Congress. And their bottom line was, it's the parents' responsibility. And as we saw, Al Gore threw up his hands and like, oh, how can parents do all of this? Well, you know what? If you can't do that, if you can't see what your kids are watching, if you can't listen to what your kids are listening to, then you probably shouldn't have kids. Because that is your responsibility, not the responsibility of the government. Not the responsibility of the schools, parents being responsible for their kids. It would be a utopia if we could just get that to happen because a lot of this bullshit that we're dealing with right now just wouldn't be an issue. Parents being responsible, not handing their children a device that can connect to the internet when they are eight, nine, 10 years old, maybe younger, and understanding that now. They were so worried about somebody walking into a record store back in the 80s and buying an album from Prince, now they have no problem giving kids devices that can easily access all sorts of pornography, violent content, and uh, other dangerous music like heavy metal. So I don't get it. What is it, Al Gore? And why are you using the same damn methodology as heavy metal always has? Doom, gloom, no hope for the future. Why are you using it? to push your global warming, global climate change, whatever we're calling it today, narrative. I think I know why. Al learned what works. (laughs) I mean, children, they're an easy mark and they're even easier to manipulate and put out in front of the world stage because he knows anybody that would attack a child is an asshole. So if you can program a kid to say what you want, yeah, we're going down that slippery slope to hell, folks. And you can thank Al Gore. And probably his wife, Tipper's hatred for heavy metal music back in the 80s, for at least part of the shit show that's going on today. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Tipper. Fuck you. Like the metalhead kids in the 80s, I'm just perfectly fine being part of the fringe group that isn't going to give in to this kind of bullshit. And I think you are too, because you're here listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. So you're obviously a subversive too. Congratulations. Stand up. And be counted. We hope you like what you've been hearing here on the show. If you do, there's a few different things you can do to help the show grow. One is to go to randomthoughts.com, R A N D U M B thoughts.com. Click one of those subscribe buttons if you haven't already. Give us a rating if you're using something like iTunes or one of these Android marketplaces that will let you rate shows and uh, turn a friend onto a show. That's all really good stuff to do. Spread the word. As our friends over at the No Agenda show say, hitting people in the mouth, propagating the formula, that kind of marketing is what works. If you're really liking what you're hearing here, you can go to that same website and click the little donate button. We work on the value for value model, which is very simple. If you think you got something out of the show and you have the means to do so, throw a few bucks our way, help us keep the lights on, the microphones humming, and all of that other good stuff. We truly appreciate it. You can reach out to us a few different ways. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Email randomthoughtspodcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughtspodcast at gmail.com. And on Twitter, both randompodcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B podcast. And my personal Twitter account, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. I I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thank you for listening. Rock on.